I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, hello there. And you join us here today to talk about watches and movies and the watches that are in those movies. Join me on the 11th of November at the Watch Pro Salon for a live in-person show. Get 25% off tickets in the description below. Tom, I understand that you do like to spend a little bit of your spare time watching films, right? Yeah, I not only like to watch films, but I like to pause films and try and see what watches are being worn by the actors in said films. Um, It can be uh, quite a frustrating pastime because... Sometimes directors and movie makers are preoccupied with you know, capturing a story and not focusing enough on the watches that they've chosen uh, for their characters. But uh, yeah, it's a fun pastime. Well shoehorned, and that's exactly what we're going to do today. We're going to take 10 very popular films and we are going to talk about the watches that are in them. Tom, why don't we start in 1979? A little indie science fiction horror film called Alien. Yeah, so our first film, Alien, from the 70s, and it follows the the doomed crew of the Nostromo. And that ship was very much... It was, it was a 70s industrial nightmare. It wasn't all nice and shiny and chrome. It was like there were big clunky computers with, uh, you know, glitchy pixely screens and stuff and the crew themselves were uh, they were like miners or haulage workers or something they were yeah they were, they they were the truck of, drivers of space weren't they that's right yeah <laughs> um so you had uh, ripley in her uh, <laughs> iconic gray boiler suit and her watch the casio f100 which was actually two watches strapped together um on a on a rubber strap with a sort of nice big chunky orange kind of rubber band and it looked futuristic it looked like a futuristic wristband that you might tap and talk into in in the the future um but it was also very sort of again industrial and clunky and it wasn't flashy you know it couldn't project holograms or something it could probably beep to tell you that you were about to die and that's about it um (laughs) but yeah very cool yeah very much on par with the rest of the film an incredibly cheap prop but it really worked Really, the artistic endeavour of this film is what made it shine out beyond the budget that it had. And it was also really, I think, where I would trace back my fascination with horror porn. So fast forward to 1986, Tom. The success, unexpectedly, of Alien meant that there was desperate need for an Aliens. We moved from space creepy horror to space action horror with mm-hmm. old Jimmy C. This is before his fascination with the underwater submersible. He, um, his vision for Ripley was more of a, an action badass, uh, shooting aliens and taking aliens. Um, he 
had designer Giorgetto Giugiaro, who was famous for designing many, many cars, including the DeLorean DMC-12. He had him design two very special Seikos for the characters of Ripley and Bishop, the uh, robot who is there to right the wrongs of the original robot in the first Alien that tried to kill them all. Never trust a machine, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Both... Both Seiko watches were based on the modified 7828. Ripley's had a little bar added to the right-hand side with pushers top and bottom. Bishop's was in black and was offset from the strap. Two very, very collectible watches. They were both released at the time and re-released, and you can't get them. They're very popular, and so is the film. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? I love the idea that all you need to do to make a watch futuristic is add something to it that no one would know what it does. Um, so you've got that sidebar with the two pushers on it that do like futuristic things that don't apply in present day. Um, actually, what do they do? Do you know? So the sidebar is just the two pushers that were already on the side, but they've been rerouted to an inconvenient place just to look a little bit spacey. Okay, cool. And then the off-centered nature of the Bishop watch as well. It's not necessary, yeah. but it just looks like the future. I kind of like the, yeah, the, the off-centered... Um, slightly wonkiness of uh bishop's watch you know those those early wayland yutani droids were a little bit twitchy and this watch looks a little bit twitchy as well it's like it's, <laughs> it's not straight can i try can i trust this watch um no i can't and i can't trust that bishop either um but i'm sure it'll be all right he came through in the end yeah <laughs> good old artificial milky man <laughs> Right. Okay, moving on next then to a slew of watches from the Jurassic Park franchise. We've got Sam Neill's character, Dr. Alan Grant, uh, uh, the uh, the reluctant paleontologist uh, who is uh, whisked away for a unforgettable weekend. And he wears a Waltham. And uh, Waltham is an American uh, company that made railway pocket watches back in the day. Uh, and, and this style on the nice uh, green NATO, that classic green NATO strap is perfect for being out and about um, in a horrific uh, uh, sort of jungle scenario. Nice big crown if you need to grip it with bloody fingers having just been mauled. Um, very good. Next, we move on to paleobotanist Ellie Sattler, um, and she wore a Timex Expedition, another trustworthy field watch. Um, no nonsense, very cheap, uh, still make them now, the Expeditions, and they're, you know, extremely affordable and uh, and very rugged. It doesn't say um, Triceratops poo resistance, but if you were to plunge your hands in a, a great big pile, I'm sure it would come out fine. Uh, next, there was uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm, portrayed by Jeff Goldblum, the chaotician, um, and he wore a Hanhart 417ES, uh, a black chronograph, uh, all black that matched his uh, all black attire, uh, which was curious attire for jungle, but um, possibly good for humidity. I don't know, but it looked very cool. Notably, also, this was uh, Steve McQueen's favourite watch, so I'm not sure if the character Ian Malcolm had a uh, soft spot for Steve McQueen and that's why he purchased it, but but a cool a cool choice for a cool character. And then finally, uh, Walt Disney himself, John Hammond, 
uh, wore an IWC Da Vinci chronograph moon phase, which is very elegant and very ornate. And uh, he wears it on a sort of tan strap and it's gold colored. And it matched his uh, walking stick with his nice little bit of smooth mosquito amber on the top. I have a theory about the Da Vinci because this was an era of IWC when quartz watches were coming out and IWC was bucking the trend by sticking with mechanical. It's a look back to the past. It's resisting the future of evolution, which is exactly what John Hammond is doing with <laughs> Jurassic Park. I think these days, if there were a rich old man having fun on an island that was invite only that no one else could go on to, it wouldn't be quite as uh, as innocent as just uh, dinosaurs biting each other and other people. But nevertheless, 1993, it was a different time. So moving on to 1997's Men in Black. Um, absolutely loved this film when it came out, and it didn't escape my attention that the Men in Black all wore a Hamilton Ventura. This is a very irregular-looking watch with a, an almost triangular shape. Um, it was a favourite of Elvis Presley, funnily enough. Came out in 1957, which was, of course, the era of UFOs and area. 51 and that noise that's made by that machine where you go a theremin <laughs> that's the one yeah and all of those things feel very men in black the secrecy the aliens the, the, the undercover conspiracy when it wasn't really about aliens at all it was the US government experimenting on its own citizens nevertheless for the feel of men in black for that conspiratorial alien cover up I think the Hamilton Ventura is the perfect choice and as we'll see later on as well Hamilton and movies do go hand in hand but a very cool watch and absolutely perfect for the men in black yeah it's perfect isn't it you can i i can't remember, recall but i think there's a scene in men in black where the, you know there's the gun cabinet and there's all those weird chrome guns big cannons and little laser guns and ray guns it, it very much looks like a chrome ray gun doesn't it from uh, some 50s sci-fi uh, keep my watch's name out of your mouth tom <laughs> Yeah, God, could you imagine if he wrapped that round his hand before he sucker punched you on the stage? God, that would hurt. <laughs> that would hurt even more. Ah, uh, troubled man with issues. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, it's James Bond. Uh, we're talking about 1962, the first Bond movie, Doctor No. Um, and his watching that is it was a Rolex Submariner 6538. As quoted in the original book, a heavy Rolex Oyster Perpetual on an expanding metal bracelet. Uh, but in the film, they went for the the new at the time Rolex Submariner, which is a, a great choice, um, a very insightful uh, option by the wardrobe department there um, with its big crown on the NATO strap and, and very much uh, sort of setting the tone for, for Bond's uh, watch collection going forward. Doctor No, I think, is a very fitting title for the first Bond film, especially given James Bond's general indifference to the thoughts and feelings of the fairer sex. I think it probably would have been more appropriately titled Doctor No Means No, Mr. Bond. <laughs> yeah. Moving forwards uh, several decades, but not really by any modern attitudes. You've got James Bond out there. He's still doing his thing. He's still being very unmodern. But this was with Goldeneye instead. The thing that had changed was the watch on his wrist. No longer was he wearing a Rolex, but he was sporting a very fetching Omega Seamaster Professional 300M. The story goes that the revival of Omega, as orchestrated by mastermind Jean-Claude Beaver, included the release of a brand new Seamaster 
1993. And what better way to get that watch into the zeitgeist than by having James Bond wearing it? Now, James Bond did indeed wear that watch, and it was the first of the series of Omega watches that Bond has worn since. And it was a very special watch, as issued by Mr. Q, or whatever the guy's name was, who I don't really care much about Bond. Um, fight me in the comments. <laughs> this particular watch had two functions. One, the loom pip on the bezel, shot a laser, which is very useful for cutting things. Um, you know, like those little plastic packets that you get headphones in that you can't get out. It also yeah. had a remote detonator on the helium escape valve. So finally, they found a use for that extra nub in poking out the top left, which uh, ordinarily nobody really knows what it does. I love the way that they, uh, Omega or uh, Q or whatever, managed to find room for a uh, a white heart laser that could cut through a bulletproof train without adding to the the thickness or uh, obstructing the, the the lovely coaxial escapement inside. So, uh, yeah, very good. <laughs> uh, next, we're into the eighties uh, classic. Back to the Future, um, and the two iconic characters, Marty McFly and Doc. Doc Cotton. No, that's someone else. Doc Brown. Uh, so Marty McFly, played by uh, Michael J. Fox, wore a Casio CA50 calculator watch, um, which was very much the style at the time of the 80s. Uh, so kind of a no-brainer for the for the, uh, the, the wardrobe department there, I think. Uh, very cool. Uh, Marty was a, a very hip kind of guy. He liked... He liked his guitar amps loud and his sneakers uh, pumped up and his watches with calculators on them. Doc Brown, meanwhile, wore a Seiko A826. And um, this is a bit interesting, this Seiko, because it had a training timer on it, uh, which had a, uh, a sort of remote finger trigger on it, which was used for setting split times. Um, so probably he was timing, you know, DeLoreans going back in time and hoverboards shooting into space and uh, he needed a quick quick trigger finger to uh, to time those things on the chronograph on that Seiko. I can very much imagine Marty McFly cheating in maths with his calculator watch back before the teachers even knew it existed. It's a perfect watch for him and you can still get it today as the CA53W so if you want to channel your inner time traveller you can pick one of those up. Moving on to 1971's Le Mans. This is a very famous film starring Steve McQueen. It's not particularly famous because the film is any good, but because Tag Heuer have been milking it drier than the desert because in the film he wears a Heuer. Now, when they were making this film, Steve McQueen wanted to look the absolute part, so they brought uh, driver, racing driver Joe Siffert on board to be his advisor. And he was friends, Joe Siffert, with Jack Hoyer and actually sold Hoyer watches up and down the Formula One grid. He'd also participated in Le Mans, hence the connection to the Le Mans film. Joe said, oh, I know what watch you can wear. You can wear a Hoyer. And so Jack Hoyer was brought on to set with a selection of different pieces. There had been a selection of new pieces released in 1969, a trio of automatic chronograph watches, some of the first in the world. There was the Carrera, the Altavia, and the Square Monaco, which looked like nothing else had ever been. It was the first water-resistant square watch, and that was the watch that ended up in the film. People think that Steve McQueen wore that watch just as a matter of course, out and about, but as we saw earlier, he was pretty fond of the Hanhart, this was just for the film, but worked perfectly with the golf livery, looked very, very good 
on set and in the film and has become an icon since. Moving on next to everyone's favourite psychopath, it's Christian Bale. Um, in the uh, iconic cult film American Psycho, I, it's been a long time since I've seen the film or read the book, but I think there's extended paragraphs about Huey Lewis in the news and all sorts of nonsense. But Bateman is obsessed with uh, his appearance and presentation. The uh, There's the famous uh, business card comparison scene. And so the style of Bateman is, is, is very well considered. Unfortunately, when they got to his watch, the wardrobe department weren't allowed to dress Bale in a Rolex, the famous steel and gold Rolex Datejust. Rolex wouldn't allow it. So they went for the next best thing, which is a Seiko. Um, and they did the trick that we all do. And we they bought a cheap watch that looked like a Rolex at a distance. Um, they clickbaited us first. They were the first to do the Rolex clickbait. <laughs> Very common trick in uh, watch communities. Um, so yeah, so uh, th I think that that was the idea. So uh, so ba uh, Bateman, I think the character probably would uh, would not have gone for a Seiko Five, but the wardrobe department were forced to. Um, but it looks very cool, and it it gives uh, the old Seiko Five there um, a little bit of um, extra gravitas. Um, I also wonder if Christopher Nolan might have had a little bit of subliminal messaging going on here because. Christian Bale, of course, played Bateman in American Psycho. Yeah, Bateman Begins. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, and last in our collection of 10 films that we're looking at today is an absolute epic from 2020, starring the classic Hamilton Kharki Field. This is one of the best field watches that you can get today for the price. It's just £545. It's everybody's choice when it comes to an entry-level watch. 38 millimeters, and of course, it makes perfect sense for the wardrobe department and art direction of the 2020 film Sonic the Hedgehog to furnish the character Tom Wachowski with one. Um, I think I've seen this film seven or eight times, uh, including mm. the extended director's cut and behind the scenes. And to me, the pairing of watch and character are second to none in Hollywood. Yeah, absolutely. The Hamilton khaki field mechanical, obviously very understated, but rugged, um, but also legible and approachable, but with a lot going on inside. You know, you've got the, the lovely H50 movement inside. So that very much reflected uh, in the character of Tom Wachowski. Obviously, he um, he's a law enforcement officer, um, but he is approachable, but he's strong. But he's also, you know, he's very clear and readable. Um, but inside, he, he, he's he got, you know, a good heart. And um, it's actually a very cerebral film, Sonic the Hedgehog. Not many people know how, how layered it is. Um, and, you know, fr from costume, you know, the, the, the selection of the watch for the characters all the way through to, you know, the, the through line and the, and the arcs of the various the characters and things. And, um, yeah, it's very Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 